The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Clean flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which dogs are barking first? Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. The national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Cornballs get stolen. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Jake Fromm. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. He is at From Jake, puntandpass.com the number one destination for all things college football. What a weekend in football it was, Jake. It catapults us into Thanksgiving week, which is one of my favorite weeks of the entire year. This week could be even more special. I am on high alert for baby watch. Um, But in addition to amazing college football, the Washington Commanders smack the Houston Texans. The boys up in D.C. area are playing some pretty good football right now. How are you, brother? What's going on? Playing some good ball right now. Nothing better than Victory Monday after a solid win. A lot of craziness going on in college football this past week. What is going on? And now we have Thanksgiving week, rivalry week. It's a big week. Let's have some fun. Let's Let's have some fun. We're going to have a ton of fun. There's no doubt about it. And if you want to make your Thanksgiving, your holiday season the most fun, you got to do one thing. Let's get on over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. That's right. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our partners at Solomon Brothers Jewelers. You know them by now, the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. And if you head into one of their stores and you mention Punt and Pass or mention myself or Jake, you can get up to 10% off your jewelry purchase. They have two amazing locations, one in Alpharetta just past the Avalon, the other in Buckhead, 17th floor tower place and if you've been listening for the past couple of weeks you've got one more week to enter the giveaway in which solemn brothers is giving away two one thousand dollar gift cards to use inside one of those stores all you have to do is subscribe to the punt and pass youtube page you can go to our youtube page at punt and pass or puntandpass.com and it's right there on the home page and in addition to subscribing to that youtube page follow solomon brothers on instagram they are at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. That's all you have to do. Subscribe to our YouTube page, follow Solomon Brothers at Solomon Brothers on Instagram, and you are automatically entered to win one of two $1,000 gift cards to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Solomon Brothers has the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds, guaranteed with an in-store experience that is totally unmatched. 
check them out. SolomonBrothers.com. Shout out to everybody at Solomon Brothers. I know, like holiday season for them, Jake, it's like the Super Bowl. And for good reason, Solomon Brothers is the best. All right, you just mentioned it. Crazy weekend in college football, and it all starts in one place. Uh, depending on where you want to look at, it's either Columbia, South Carolina, or Knoxville, Tennessee, because Tennessee got blasted by South Carolina, sixty-three to thirty-six. Absolutely unbelievable, Jake. I don't even know where to start in breaking this one down. Uh, exactly. Where do you start? Is it? The good from South Carolina, or is it just the absolute debacle of Tennessee? Um, Got to start with hate it for Hendon Hooker. I know going, going I know. out the rest of the year with an ACL. I saw the play; didn't look good. Uh, I hate it for him. Um, but gosh, I mean Tennessee just—they they had everything in front of them. The opportunity. I thought I would have loved to see him get in. Um, uh, as that fourth team in after Michigan and Ohio State beat up on each other. But golly, I mean, they just kind of gave it away. I, I think the biggest thing to note here and something that I knew and maybe we should have talked about it a little bit more was just the, how bad Tennessee secondary is. Oh, Spittler, my goodness. Spencer Rattler went off his stat line 30 for 37. So he was wildly efficient in this game, 438 yards and six tutties. Six touchdowns. Are you kidding me? Six touchdowns. I mean, he went off, looked like a superstar, a number one overall pick. He looked like Um, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely balling out there. So uh, kudos to South Carolina, the scheme. I mean, they just went out there and executed and whipped up on them, and there was nothing they could do to stop it. No, you're totally right. I mean, Tennessee's defense was not there. Like, they simply did not show up. It was unbelievable to watch, especially with all of the things that were riding on them, just winning out their last two games at South Carolina and then playing at Vanderbilt, two very, very winnable games. South Carolina has been consistently one thing all year long, and that's inconsistent. And when they flash (laughs) and when they play very, very good and Spencer Rattler shows up and becomes – really the player that he was recruited to become when he went to Oklahoma state. And then when he even transferred to South Carolina, clearly they have a ton of potential Hendon hooker feel awful for him. Like that was just the ultimate gut punch to add on to what was an embarrassing showing from the volunteers. What did we talk about last week? Ad nauseum playing on grass surface versus artificial turf and a lot of people were texting me saying like the sand the field looks really sandy it looks like it's in bad shape but you have to keep in mind that's bermuda grass and when it becomes 25 20 degrees at night for 10 days straight that grass goes dormant and you have to sand it to have even any chance of trying to keep it alive or keep the you know base of the field there that's why you see it happen in nfl stadiums too so you know we're not going to go down that pathway again but there's no perfect answer for uh, playing surface, and it's just so unfortunate that he tore his ACL, non-contact injury, with the NFL future that he has. Hopefully, he still gets the invite to New York as well as a Heisman finalist. I would assume that he will. Um, but, Jake, being on social media throughout that game um, and looking at some of the reactions from Tennessee fans, first off, Tennessee fans, and this is meant as a compliment, they are a different breed on social yeah. media. Like, Vol yeah. Twitter is a entirely different atmosphere within the social media game there's no doubt about it i was seeing uh rumors that they think south carolina added additional sand to slow down tennessee's offense and wouldn't they be slowing down south carolina's defense uh, yeah in the same i mean 
doesn't make yeah. too much sense. Come on. Um, there was a suspension of a player on Tennessee. Some right. of the fans were saying that Tennessee's defense just didn't show up in dispute or protest of that sentence. I mean, that's just an absolute crazy thing yeah, to sure. tweet out or even sure. think. On, on, on a 9-1 football team with so much running on it. All right, thank yeah. you. Next. Yeah. All right, what's the next one? Uh, the next one <laughs> would be, what was the last one I was going to say? Um I, I forget, but, you know, Vault Twitter, man, hats off to you. The one thing I will say is you and I talked about this, I think, last week or two weeks ago. I think we can finally put to rest the comparisons that the media were making with 2022 Tennessee and 2019 LSU. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's tough to make that one. I played that team. I thought they were just one of, if not the best college football team to be assembled and play. They had the swagger. They had the dudes. Had the whole, had the mojo. Had it going on. Um, and arguably Tennessee did too at that time yeah. and the dogs whipped up on them. They were number one, uh, the country for all of what, four, maybe five days. Yeah. And now they're rightfully kind of put back in their place. <sighs> That's Tennessee for you, man. And then you, you kind of go back to their baseball season, having the best yeah. baseball yeah. team ever to be assembled in college baseball. Um, and then they fell up short too. So what the, it's just a common thing. So tell me this, as a quarterback, as a leader of a football team, as somebody who has been in these types of situations, got to win, got to take care of business, going to the college football playoff season, all your goals right in front of you. How does this happen? How on earth does an exploitation of a defense happen in this moment? Was it the scheme of South Carolina? Was it Spencer Rattler having the game of his career, game of his life? Or was Tennessee just not ready to get punched in the mouth? You know better than anybody. Williams Bryce Stadium at night is a very hostile atmosphere. Yeah, uh, it definitely is. I think it really boils down to the the discipline and the focus of a football team. It's getting late the season. It's monotonous. It's the same thing week in week out. Um, it's a team that we should be no problem. And then you just lose focus. For just a little bit, the the discipline of the week just slips away just a little bit. Yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. We're just going to show up and ball, do what we do. And you just cannot do that at all, especially late in the year. That just the, the, the level of focus just has to be turned up just a little bit to, to keep that sense of urgency throughout the week. Do the things you're supposed to practice the way you're supposed to. And then even more show up on game day because that's when it counts. Yeah, no doubt. And South Carolina jumped off to a fast start. They were up 21 to seven uh, at the end of the first quarter. And there was really no looking back. The closest the game got uh, was right after halftime. Tennessee scored a touchdown right before halftime to get it to 35, 24. They got the ball Mm -hmm. back, I believe right after half, or maybe they stopped South Carolina and got the ball back and they got it. They cut it to 35, 31. And then after that, it was game over again, the final 63 to 38 Tennessee loses Hendon hooker in the process, their college football playoff hopes gone. Um, and for all the chirping that the fans were doing again, no, no this is not um, a referendum on the fans for all the chirping that they were doing on wanting that rematch against Georgia on a neutral field. Uh, it was in, raining in climate that was controlled. It was raining. It's just yeah. tough to see, but you have tough. to go through these things to make it to where you want to be in Tennessee. If Heupel is on that trajectory. So an unbelievable unforeseen outcome in that Tennessee South Carolina game. 
Um, and I guess with second down, let's jump to the Georgia-Kentucky game because Georgia mm-hmm. escapes Lexington with a victory. They were 22.5-point favorites. I was definitely on the wrong side of that one. Everybody knew it was going to be cold. Everybody knew that the atmosphere was going to be somewhat different than what Georgia's been used to playing in. Um, and the dogs offense kept getting stalled in the red zone, couldn't really put the game away late. And Kentucky was alive way late into this game. Dogs escaped 16 to six, Jake. Kind of reminded me a little bit of the Missouri game a little bit where they just seemed like they trusted the passing game at all. Um, you know, every once in a while, I, I hate to say this, but it's just kind of sets in a, in, a, in a little bit. He'll every once in a while he'll, he'll have a head scratcher, which is, hey, you know, what what were you thinking on that one? Uh, that <clears throat> excuse me, that post ball he threw up to Lad over the middle ended up just being a long punt, um, but just didn't seem like they really just kind of trusted the, the passing game. Uh, leaned heavily on the run. Yes, it was cold. Yes, it was windy, but just you got to find a way to do it. Um, but what? I still have to say I am still proud of the team because when you get later in the year, it just it it it, it just doesn't even matter, honestly. Yeah. Just, just find a way to win. Yeah. Just find a way to win, move on, get to the next one, and just just survive. It's just all about surviving, finding a way to win. Um, unlike a lot of other teams this weekend, uh, North Carolina lost, UCLA and USC were in a tight one, Michigan was in a tight one. Uh, TCU yeah. won at the wire. So it's just it's just finding a way to win. The boys did it. Move on to the next one. Take care of business against Tech and find yourselves in the SC Championship game. Yeah, football's hard. Uh, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, and everybody <laughs> yeah. would, um, you know, obviously win as many games as they could every single year. I thought Coach Smart's comments yeah. on the field after the game were really telling because he was asked about going undefeated in conference play for the second year in a row. Uh, only that's, Florida that's and Alabama have done that in the past. And coach smart said, I have so much respect for this league. Having been on those Alabama teams, coaching staffs, when they did do that, it is hard to win, not only in the sec, but on the road in the sec. And when you're the number one team in the nation and the bullseye is on your back and you're getting everybody's best shot week after week. And you knew this was going to be a physical football game heading into the week for sure. Yeah. Think about it from Kentucky's perspective, just gotten absolutely drilled by Tennessee, lost to South Carolina, lost to Vandy. I mean, if they're trying to salvage their season at all and make it memorable at all, because it is basketball season in Kentucky. Yes, it is. Exactly. They That, that was their chance to put it to the dogs. And if they somehow won that game, another storming the field opportunity, field goal posts are going to end up in some random river. Uh, that that was it. That would have been their, their trademark on their season, and they put up one heck of a fight. I thought they played physical, um, and for four quarters too. I mean, what sixteen to six of the game yeah. was? I mean, yeah, it, it was it was right there uh, for for the region. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I thought Georgia played well when they needed to. And you've seen that team kind of respond in those types of situations throughout the season. They're going to continue to need to do that throughout the SEC championship or a college football playoff run. But one thing that was a little troublesome was the lack of third down conversions on third and short. I think there were two or three third and ones or even a fourth and one where Georgia needed to just get one yard to extend a drive and really continue to put the game out of reach. And they weren't able to convert in those specific spots. Um, On the whole, though, the offensive line played really well. I see a lot of Georgia fans talking about what's wrong with the offensive line. I mean, people, they rushed for 250 yards and they didn't give up a sack. They didn't give up a sack. You know, Kenny McIntosh had 146 yards on the ground. That's really good 
on the offensive line, especially against a physical defensive front like Kentucky on the road. So I think we're and, quick to rush and judge Jake, but that was a yeah. gritty win. And sometimes you need those types of dubs <laughs> to have an yeah. undefeated season. Yeah. And last thing I'll say is I think the boys only had three possessions in the first half, three, no yeah, more than long four. sustained drives by each team, long sustained drives by each team. Um, so the opportunities weren't there. And then if you just don't convert in the red zone and the th- three points just doesn't look as good as having seven and yada, yada, and all that good stuff. But uh, gritty win, find a way to win, move on, crush and flush it, on to the next one. Don't worry about it. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. No question. I think Georgia still remains number one in the nation in red zone efficiency, uh, but they were stopped three times with three short field goals. We talked about this in the past. What's the mindset of the quarterback? Things get condensed. It happens fast, probably frustrating the second time it doesn't happen. You get down there the third time. Are you pressing a little bit? Are you frustrated from a play calling perspective? Obviously, the offense would love to have one, two touchdowns, not three field goals, short field goals. <laughs> I'm going to answer that one with yes. Okay. Uh, all the above on that one. Um, Decision making has got to be quick. Uh, and even as a play caller, you end up second guessing yourself. Just uh, they're going to be in this, so we're going to call it this, and then they'd show up in something completely different. And it's just uh, red zone's tough, man. It's about executing uh, what's the task that's been been given to you, the play, uh, making quick decisions, and then you got to be a little extra physical, you got to be a little extra tough, a little extra gritty uh, to move the piles a little more. Because I think wearing the football is just that extra more important um, when you talk about getting to the goal line and punching it in because it's it's tough. All right, I need one more uh, truth bomb from you because you're the one that would have this experience, all right? I'm like half analyst, half fan. Um, Being a punter will kind of lend that mindset to you. But I see on social media because I'm active. You know, I want to stay in the mix. People, Georgia fans in this instance, are saying like, hey, it's a good idea that you don't open up the playbook fully when you got big games on the horizon. Like, is there any truth (laughs) to – Todd Munkin or this offensive staff being in those red zone situations and being like, hey, you know what, guys? 
let's just go with these four plays. We're not going to get too deep into the playbook. We'll just kick field goals, put some points on the board, and get out with the win. So I've kind of been a part of staff and the idea of not of basically not doing that, of not showing plays. Hey, if we're winning, let's just RPO it. it. Yeah. Simple stuff, shut it down. And personally, I don't like that. I think so. That does happen, just, though. Does that happen? Well, it does. It does okay. happen. It does for sure. But me personally, if I'm a coach and my philosophy is I'm just I'm doing it. I'm spilling the beans. Yeah. If I practice it, if I got practice reps behind it, man, do it because there's always good stuff out there. You're gonna find good stuff, um, and there's ways to hide the stuff you're doing, putting guys in different spots, motioning to different stuff. You you can hide the stuff you're doing, but also. Man, when a defensive coordinator turns on the film and he sees all this crazy, wacky stuff going on, man, they have no idea what to do. You see what that that makes them do? Be extra vanilla. Yeah. Because they got to coach those guys up. They got to give them something simple to do because there's a reason those guys are playing defense anyway. They're going to keep it simple for them, keep it vanilla. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm all about, man, if you practice it, Dude, go do it. Yeah. Just just spill the spill the beans on the play sheet because I, I I like the idea of having a lot of stuff on film to make the other team practice it and prepare for it. I, I would um subscribe to your thought process there. I, I really would. Like every game, and, and there is so much good stuff out there. Like these coaches are watching yeah, NFL sure. film. It, it's not that hard to implement some of those really interesting and intriguing schemes into an offense like Georgia's with all that talent. Like I'm even thinking about Thursday night football last week, Titans Packers, the Derrick Henry jump pass, right? Like yeah. those things are brilliant. It's you can implement that in the college game. I mean, what's some of the stuff the chiefs do with the motions and the tight ends. It's like freaking crazy. You think they're holding stuff back? Absolutely yeah. not. And one of my favorite yeah. quotes about that is Jimmy Johnson, right? Former Cowboys head coach. He used to just run the score up and he would piss other coaches off late in the game up by 30, still throwing the ball up by 40, still throwing the ball. And he said, coaches would go up to him after the game. be like, are you really still throwing the ball when you're up 40 points? And he goes, I don't know. Were you still blitzing my quarterback? Like if you want <laughs> me to quit, then you guys quit and we'll just kneel the ball out and call at the end of the day. But if you're going to still blitz yeah. me, I'm still throwing the football. So I like that thought process, but it's good that you clear that up for us because you want to talk about a vanilla game plan. I mean, what Georgia should be bringing this weekend against Georgia tech is a 35 and a half point favorite in clean old fashioned. Hey, um, that should be an absolute whooping, but we'll see what's going to happen should in be. that regard. Speaking of a whooping, let's go to mm. third down. Mm. Mm. There was almost a whooping on live TV on Saturday, and it was on the <laughs> SEC network, and it had to do with a Georgia Bulldog, uh, and it also had to do with an LSU Tiger. Uh, and these two teams will be facing off in the SEC championship in a couple of weeks, and that LSU Tiger I'm talking about is ESPN and SEC Network's studio host, Peter Burns. He was on the halftime show on SEC Network. It was Peter Burns, who I'm sure all of us are familiar with, Chris Doring, Ben Watson, a damn good dog, and an analyst on SEC Network, and Takiyo Spikes. Um, and Liam, if we can pull this up, I'll send you the YouTube clip. We had to chop this up for a social media post. But Peter had a little funny um, jab at Ben Watson during the studio halftime show, and it had to do with Ben's wife. Okay, And obviously, uh, you just never know how a man is going to react when you bring his wife up, albeit regardless of how innocent 
the joke is. But Jake, for those who aren't on our social media right now, I'll break down exactly what happened with this exchange. So Peter Burns opened up, I guess, out of a commercial break, and him, Chris Doring, and Takiyo Spikes are all wearing dark-colored suits. And he was like, hey, Ben, did you not get the memo? You're wearing, like, your Easter pastels. We're all wearing dark suits. And Ben Watson says, hey, man, honestly, I just wear what my wife tells me to wear. And if my wife texts me and says I look good, that's all that matters. And he held his phone up, and as they're about to cut to commercial break, Peter Burns says, well, that's not the text your wife just sent me. Now, everybody starts laughing. Um, you hear Ben Watson go, hold on, are we on live TV? Like he did not think that that was being said on live TV. Some laughs, hey, we'll be back after the break. And then when they came back after the break, this is where I don't know if it was staged or not. I sent you the link. You watched it, so I need your reaction. Uh, totally but Ben was there. not there. Peter Burns was not there. It's just Chris Doring sitting there with Takiyo Spikes. They're like, hey, we don't really know where Peter Burns is right now. Uh, and then Ben walks back. He looks pretty pissed off. And oh, yeah. Chris Doran was like, you know, did you tell him to keep your wife's name out of his mouth talking about the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing at the Oscars? Really, really awkward. I don't know what was going on here. Peter Burns tweeted out a picture, hashtag friendship. He was smiling. Ben Watson was not smiling. Jake, um, you know, I will say this, like rule one of the locker room is just you just leave wives out of it. Um, it's much, it much easier if you do. Yeah. Seemed like a pretty harmless joke. It's much easier if you just leave the wives and girlfriends for their guys just just out of it. Um, but I'm I f- am fully thinking here that Peter Bones got a stern talking yeah. to uh, there in the green room uh, behind closed doors on that one. Um, huge Ben Watson fan, love him, yeah, love his family, love his wife. Um, so man, just uh, keep uh, my wife's name out your mouth. And everything pretty much on that one. Yeah, pretty much. Right. <laughs> I mean, like that is, I guess, the golden rule. Um, and obviously I've talked to Peter. I've been on a number of his shows, like a super nice guy. He's got two daughters yeah. and a wife, lives his life out in the open, always talks about how awesome his wife and kids are. Um, yeah. But just guys are different. Like you cross that yeah. line with one guy, you might just get your ass whooped. And then you cross oh, that yeah. line with another guy on a golf trip with your buddies who you've known forever. And hey, we're going to laugh it off and brush it off. Very, very yeah. awkward exchange. I haven't seen anything. Ben Watson hasn't said anything. Peter Burns hasn't said anything outside of that picture. Probably best to just put this one under the rug. You know, and I've Pretend met Ben too. Happen. Great yeah. guy. Great family guy. And if that ain't the way he wants to joke, uh, that's probably not the right guy you want to piss off because he is massive. Yeah. So I'm I wonder not- what he did say. I bet he was like, don't ever say that shit again or else I'm going to whoop your ass right here on TV. It was just crazy oh, how it all went down. I'm- I'm pretty sure that was pretty, pretty close to word for word. Um, yeah. I, I'm not messing with Ben. Ben's a, a very large individual. Yeah. Obviously he was a star at Georgia played countless years in the NFL. Uh, dude's an athlete dudes ripped up. Um, yeah. And he, he could just get after you um, for lack of better terms. So it's going to stay, stay away from that one. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So um We'll be interested to see if they address it next week. There's no way they do that. They're just not going to bring that one back up at all. Crazy. Be though. something to watch. Be something to watch. Will be something to watch. There's no doubt about that. And speaking of something to watch, it's time for the big watch of the week. That, of course, presented to us right. by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Great, great segue there, Jake. I appreciate you, my man. You're learning. You're learning. Let's do what I can. It's the big watch of the week. 
It's the final week of the regular season in the 2022 college football year. It's just crazy. Thanksgiving week, I absolutely love it. And we've got some awesome games. There's really just one place to look, though. It, of course, is the big game, Michigan at Ohio State. Last year, Michigan got the monkey off their back. They blasted Ohio State 42-27. to A college football playoff berth is on the line here. A lot of speculation, too, if this game is played close. Could one of them still make it into the college football playoff? The big game will be your Solomon Brothers Big Watch of the Week, number three against number two. Some other awesome games, of course, the Iron Bowl. We'll see if Cadillac Williams can keep that game close. Dude, yeah, man, they got a little little swag going right little now. Juice. I just, yeah, little Notre juice. Dame, USC, yep. LSU, Texas a and but I, I, Texas A&M is just on their absolute debacle. South Carolina, I know. after – what do you After, think about that uh, one? A very just uh, emotional win. Can they go up to Clemson and take care of business? Um, and then you got Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Um, That's dude, Thursday I, night. Mississippi State and Ole Miss Thursday is Thanksgiving night. night. Oh, I love that game, yeah. the Egg Bowl. It's we'll get to a, that in just a second. We will get to me. that game in just a second. But that South Carolina-Clemson game, South Carolina has not played at Death Valley since 2018. Isn't that crazy to think of? Yep. Why is it that? was at Clemson in 2019. It was the COVID year in 2020, no out-of-conference games. Um, and then last year, 2021, it was at Columbia. So this year, it will be in Death Valley. Coming off that huge win, you know, Shane Beamer, you, you got to get the boys ready to go. It'd be tough to take a big L uh, after that awesome W against Tennessee. But your Solomon Brothers Big Watch of the Week, man, get the leftovers oh, yeah. Pull up. I mean, just it's the best weekend of the year. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, so that big yeah. You'll, you'll have the, you'll have the leftovers from Thanksgiving. Uh, now, what do we think about that game being at noon? Do we like that? Do we not like that? Tell me. Tell me. You know that what, is. What's your opinion on that? You talking about the South Carolina Clemson game or the Michigan Ohio no, State? No, Michigan Ohio State. I yeah. think it's always at oh, noon. I think it's always yeah. at noon. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. I mean, that's eleven a.m. local kick. Think about that, dude. That's uh, isn't that right? Isn't Columbus in Central Time Zone? I think it is. Um, I always forget those states. Like I think Detroit's. Who knows? But it's way too early. It's a big, big time game. You would want that to have a little bit more excitement. But hey, both undefeated teams, first time since two thousand six. So that will be awesome. All right, you mentioned the Egg Bowl. The Egg Bowl is Lane Kiffin just gone? I mean, Ole Miss got blasted by Arkansas a week ago. Uh, and your start email, I go to social media, of course, the, the perfect place for all things true. Um, and they're like, dude, Lane's gone. He's going to Auburn. It's over. He's given up on the team. He's already looking for houses. I just couldn't believe Ole Miss again with just two losses and a new Year's six bowl, like on the horizon, just a total, total goose egg, uh, at Arkansas, they got whooped up on by your fighting Sam Pittman's. Yeah, the fighting Sam Pittmans had them at 42 to 6 at one point, Woo. I believe. I mean, it was just atrocious. So I don't know what the heck's going on, what they're doing. Uh, but this one, there's just too much pride on the line, I think, uh, just just to let Mississippi State walk all over them. So, um, one, and they know everybody and their mama is going to be watching this game if you yeah. care about college football. Yes, there's NFL games on, but this one – this one definitely is going to get clicked on and watched a ton because it's just one of those games you got to no watch doubt. on Thanksgiving. So, no doubt. How about the running backs in this freaking game? Rocket Sanders for Arkansas, 24 carries, 232 yards, and three touchdowns. 
And then one of my prize picks that I did last week, Quinchon Judkins, I said he'll go under 115 and a half yards. Oh, he just had 214 <laughs> yards. No big deal. Dude was going off. But um, Dude, we had Zach, e- Zach Evans had 207 yards. It's crazy. It's crazy. Is that right? No, there's no dude. How? What? Yeah, yeah. They had 463 rushing yards. Is that amazing? Oh, Ole Miss had 703 total yards. And yeah, lost. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Three turnovers. Oh, 703 total yards, and they lost that football game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh. I, I, uh, sorry. You ever I'm, seen that before? Speed, You're dumbfounded. I'm, I'm speed. I'm, yes. I'm speed. Like, if you would have told me you have two running backs to go over <laughs> a 200 piece You're and you be... lose the yeah. game. Yeah. Not just lose. I mean, get killed. Crazy. I'm sorry. I'm, they got to fix some I'm, things. They got to fix some things because, you know, Mike Leach, Will Rogers, and the boys will certainly want to win the Egg Bowl. I think they won in big fashion a year ago. I need to pull that up before we sign off here because that game is at 7 p.m. on Thanksgiving night. Last year, I want to say, I want to say that Mississippi State won that game last year. Hold on one second. Going to 2021. No, they lost 31-21. It's two years ago. But be a great game. The Egg Bowl, always a good one. Will be a great one. Last one I'm going to mention, uh, Oregon, Oregon State. Okay. Uh, that's yeah. A, that's a top 25 matchup ish. Maybe you should be. We'll see when the rankings come out. Uh, but Oregon, they don't, I, I, they don't necessarily control their own destiny because they're not going to get in the final four. But USC won. So now they're in the mix. Oh, yeah. Can Oregon, can Oregon kind of ruin their season when they play in that Pac 12 championship? They certainly so, can. That'll be on f- next some, Friday night. It's going to be awesome. Some food for thought. Food for thought. Well, um always fun recapping an amazing weekend of action with you my man it's thanksgiving week we are going to give everybody what they want we'll probably release our weekend preview pod on wednesday so appreciate you tuning in be sure to follow us on social media at punt and pass on twitter and instagram i'm at drew butler he's at from jake punt and pass.com and a huge shout out to our presenting sponsor that of course is solomon brothers jewelers at solomon brothers on instagram and twitter solomonbrothers.com the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the southeast if you mention punt and pass or myself or jake and you're in the store you get 10 percent off your jewelry purchase and the best thing about solomon brothers is the store is for anyone with any budget you want to make that a little sweeter go subscribe to our youtube page go follow solomon brothers on instagram at solomon brothers and you're automatically entered to win one of two $1,000 gift cards. That is what they are doing for punt and pass listeners. The biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience that is totally unmatched. That, of course, is Solomon Brothers. Jake, appreciate you, my man, and we will talk to you all on Wednesday. Happy Thanksgiving. See you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. 
Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 